You could stand at half cut and rep better than these guys. Oh, smart down, and it's called for another foul. Check, Taco. Come on. Taco's, Taco. Taco's having some fun here. We are back with another episode of From the Raptors. Sam and I are here recording on Monday, October 11th. Uh, and the Celtics just played their second preseason game. We actually, I think we recorded our, our last episode right before they were about to play. Uh, and yes. they have improved to 2-0. and uh, You, I remember, in our in our last uh, From the Raptors episode, we're talking about some things you wanted to see different uh, from the Seas in the next game. Did they do that? Or did, was it still kind of like... Well, I thought they looked better, for sure. Um, there were... So in the first game, there was no stretch where I was really impressed. Did not think they looked good consistently through that game. Just disappointing to start. Uh, in the second game, I thought they looked much better. They showed us flashes of what they're capable of. I thought Horford looked much better. He was making threes. I was a little concerned that he wasn't making them in the first game. Uh, I believe he was four for four or something crazy like that. Looked really good. Looked good running the break. Had a nice fast break dunk. Thought Tatum looked a little better too. Um, he's flirting with a triple double. Uh, Brown obviously didn't play, which was unfortunate. You know, obviously you want to see him out there, but he looked good enough in the first game where I wasn't really concerned about him, anyways. So him having to sit out isn't the end of the world. We missed out on some Schroeder minutes, which I would like to see some more of. I thought he looked good in certain categories in the first game, but. You know, he looked a little bit wild at the same time. So I would have loved to see him more controlled out there. Josh Richardson is a guy I was satisfied with more in the second game. Uh, in the first game, he looked shaky, missed some mid-range shots. In the second game, he looked uh, more engaged. I thought he looked good defensively in both games. But in the second game, he was getting to the basket. He looked comfortable. Um, Adam Taylor tweeted out that his off-ball movement was really good. And I agree. He tweeted out some good clips, so if you're interested, check out Adam. He's a good friend of ours. Um, but yeah, overall, Pritchard looked good again. Overall, I'm pretty Romeo, uh, and a non-Jack guy looked very good in that game, which is fine. I mean, you have good reason not to be in on him. I'm shaky on him too, even though at the end of last season I was high on him because I thought he looked good in the playoffs. And if what he says is true, he's been working on his shot. It looks like it. I don't know if he's missed a three yet this this preseason. He might have missed, missed one. one. Missed one. Five for six. Yeah. But he looks really good. He looks comfortable. And if he can sit in the corner and make them, then, I mean, that's, that's really great. It gives him ample opportunity to have minutes on this team, right? Because he can play defense pretty well. And if he's able to make his threes, then he does – he fills a need. So that's good. Yeah, I, I agree. I was writing my – takeaways for this game i ended up having six uh from the raptors of this game if you want to read them the, the morning after I, we post them on bannertownusa.com so make sure to check that out but um the first thing was something that scow was saying over and over on the broadcast was that offense could be an issue not necessarily from the sense that they can't really generate it it's just they don't really have a go-to way to get a bucket right now and obviously that you would assume that would be tatum and brown as the season progresses but tatum's looked kind of shaky uh, and that's my second one. Tatum needs to find his groove because he found it a little bit at the end there, but it just seems like the shots he's taking, he looks almost uncomfortable taking them, which I don't understand. Um, it could just be, you know, getting into the groove of things, like I said in the title of it. But I'm, I'm 
hoping that doesn't take too much longer. But overall, one of the main things that I wanted to discuss, which we can bring up um, right now before I go over the rest of my takeaways even, is I think that while they might not necessarily live and die by the three-pointer, I think that's going to be the biggest, you know, what's the word for it? It's not biggest issue for them, but it's like, it'll be a blessing and a curse, I think is the way I've described it in my head. Because they take a lot of them and they're very, very, very good at shooting them this season, right? You you think about it, you have Neesmith, you have Pritchard, Langford's hitting those shots, you have him, Grant Williams can make him the Jays. Obviously, Horford looked like a flamethrower from three-point range, which was great to see. But at the same time, they seem to be only trying to go for threes. Like Their entire offensive game plan is to get a three-point shot, which is fine if you're hitting them, and they have been. So it doesn't seem like that big of an issue. But then at the same time, they, they're just not getting any shots in the paint, which is also not okay. Like, it just seems like they can never drive. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you see yeah, that no, I, I agree. It does. And that's the whole league now because people love analytics. But here's the problem with threes. You're absolutely right. Okay. So if you're going for the majority of your shots to be three-pointers, that's great when they're falling. But the thing about threes is they're not always going to fall no matter how great of shooters you have on your team the best shooters have off days. So you're going to lose games because that's your focus. Okay. That's not, it's just not a way that you can, and especially in a playoff game. I really think that's where I think it becomes a real issue. You know, we saw teams last year do it for the whole season. Like the jazz lived and died by the three and they were the one seed, but then you saw what happened when they got to the playoffs yeah. and they had to play more. They lost to a Clippers team exposed. where Kawhi wasn't even playing. For them. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough. And like I said, I don't think it's going to be an issue in even in that sense. Like you said, like, obviously, you're going to have off nights, but that'll just happen. I think if they live and died by the three, they'd win more games than they lose. I just think they also need to establish uh, a paint attack because they haven't yet so far in the two preseason games we've seen. Like they haven't. It seems like they haven't been driving almost at all, which is. I don't like, but um, yeah, we, we can move I, on I my agree. takeaways. And no, no, no. Yeah, to stick no, on this, I think that you absolutely need to establish a paint presence. I think Horford is a really great player to have on your team. I would like yes. to see them play out of the post with him more because he can facilitate from there. From the elbow. I like him from the elbow. He's a, a good lot. yeah, he's a good, like low player. He can make a hook shot for you. He can hit a fadeaway. He can create from that area. You don't necessarily need somebody to create off a drive, which always isn't easy. Uh, I don't think Tatum has yeah. looked as great in this always seems to be an issue with him at the beginning of seasons, whenever it is, whether it was when they came back in the bubble and he was off. I just feel like he's never really been great to start off a season. It's just weird. It, it's, and I always feel the reason I know this is because I always feel like I'm having this concern where it's like, is he not good anymore? Yeah. Which just seems like a, a silly thing to think, but it, it always gets scary. Sure, it'll be okay. Performer on the couple seasons. Um, the third thing I have is something you brought up because two was the Tatum thing. Three was Romeo Langford, and I might have to eat crow on my take because if he's shooting like this, I mean, in fairness to myself, um, the one knock I had on him was that he couldn't shoot three-point shots. And so if he's making three-point shots, there's not really a, really a reason for him not to get minutes. And what I wrote was up until this point, the only thing Langford has done well realistically is play defense. Um, obviously a little playmaking too, but I don't I don't see him having that role on this team. Well, he might be turning a corner. Uh, he was incredible, five of six from th- field, three or four from deep in the Raptors game. Through two games, he's five of six and three. 
Um, that's not a, something I think a lot of people saw coming. I know you said he mentioned it, nope, but he, I didn't. regardless, like I, I didn't think he'd come out and be this consistent. And obviously it's only two games. So maybe he just got hot, but if he does become a consistent three point shooter, he could be one of the more valuable pieces off of their bench. Right. Cause like I, I think KJ was saying the other day uh, on the pregame show, which you guys should check out at guy Boston sports on YouTube. Um, he's probably their best perimeter defender off the bench outside of maybe Josh Richardson, if he does come off the bench. But if he's shooting threes at the level he is right now consistently, then that's like one of your top guys off the bench, right? Yeah, he definitely paves the way for himself to get consistent minutes. The problem with Romeo, and I think you'll agree with this, is he's never really been consistent. Uh, And I'm not so sure that's even skill. It just seems some days he doesn't come with the same energy that he needs to be an effective player. So he's going to figure that out. And I think that's an easy thing to figure out. If you're an NBA player and you want to improve, it seems like he wants to in the comments he's made after games, you know, oh, I've been working hard to to improve. And that's important. You see guys on this team improve every year, specifically Jalen Brown, who's someone we've compared his arc to because of how he didn't get as many consistent minutes early in his career, just like Brown did. The difference is Romeo was consistently injured. Brown really hasn't yeah. had that issue, knock on wood. But, okay, you've got those two guys. Romeo, one thing that we kind of disagreed on at the end of last season was how effective he's going to be. And the reason I was high on him was because of how well he played in the playoffs to me. I thought he was impactful. I thought yeah. he was able to knock down his threes consistently and it helped them win the one game they did. The, the time where I stopped believing was summer league when he didn't really show us anything against guys that are guys he should be able to show us stuff with the good thing about we'll focus on the raptors game even though he was solid in both games shooting wise is he was doing it against the players he would play against in a real nba game he was not playing garbage time he started and he he seemed like he earned those minutes so good for him you know you've got another game against orlando on wednesday for him to prove himself. I'd imagine in one of these games, Tatum is not going to play. I believe we heard that from somewhere. So we're going to see a lot of opportunity for these guys to show out, him and Neesmith included, who I think it's good that they have a little competition. It's going to motivate the both of them. It could help with Romeo's uh, energy problem that we discussed. Yeah, I think there's definitely room for both of them in the rotation too, but it is nice because on paper, they are competing for the same you know, 10-man rotation spot, realistically. But the big thing for me, Romeo just looked more comfortable out there. But like you said, um, he played well in the playoffs and played bad in the summer league. There's just been, even when he's been healthy, there's been no consistency with how well he performs. Like, he's always going to be a a solid defender. He's always going to have that little bit of playmaking, that athleticism. But it's the shooting, and that's the one thing, as sad as it is, that's the one thing you need to bring as a role player in the NBA nowadays. You you can think there's so little role. Like, I can't think of a single role player out there outside of like a big man like Dwight Howard or New Orleans Noel that can't shoot the ball, right? There's not many role players like that, unless you're like a Tony Allen level defender, like a David Nwaba in Houston, who isn't even he's shooting threes now. And that's just a very random example. But you know what I'm saying? No, you're right, because those type players, for example, let's say Rondo, because he's someone traditionally that could not shoot uh, later in his career, he's had to get better at it to continue to be effective. Okay, so I agree with you. Shooting is very important. One, Look at Brooke Lopez. Look at Brooke exactly. Lopez. That guy had career. no role. 
changed his whole career. He's an impactful player on a championship team, for sure. Uh, going back to Romeo and to defend him, his inconsistency, he has not had consistent minutes his whole career. So it can be difficult to be consistent when you're not consistently playing. We've seen him get consistent minutes in back-to-back games and in the playoffs and also summer league where he didn't exactly perform. So we'll see. You know, you've got two more preseason games to prove it. You've got a relatively easy stretch to start your season off to prove it. I still, yeah. I still contend that they should win all eight of those yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. I don't. All right. I'm not going to go back on that, and I'll be disappointed if they don't. Maybe go seven and one is <laughs> acceptable, but realistically, you should be able to do it. It's not. I mean, you are not playing any team that is a dominant world-eating team. It's just not. Not. It's not there. Mm-hmm. The Knicks might be the best team out of the, that bunch, and I don't think they're that good. KJ yeah, agrees. Yeah. So, not that <laughs> you know. Uh, we we never make mistakes, any of us. But I yeah yeah, yeah. I got I just I just don't I see it. It's it's tough to win eight games in a row, regardless though, even no matter the level of the competition. But I, I see the point. None of them are like they're not playing the Bucks or the Nets or the Lakers or anybody exactly. in those games. So you never know. But uh, yeah, I hope Romeo keeps it up. If he does, I can't see any reason he's not in the regular rotation when the, the regular season comes around. Uh, yeah, I, I mean that's about it. I I hope I'm wrong about him. I hope I've been wrong about him. I'm starting to see the light a little bit, but uh, I guess we'll see as the season progresses. Uh, the next two points I made were about three points. The next three actually were about three point shooting. I had Peyton Pritchard has a cannon was one of them because uh, he's incredible, right? You almost expect him to make those 40 footers. Now uh, you had Al Horford who went four for four from deep in that Raptors game. He looked incredible. That That's why you bring a guy like him back for that defensive versatility and also floor spacing. And then the last one I had is was I don't think three-point shooting is going to be as much of an issue as it has been. Uh, and obviously the starters on the Celtics have always been decent three-point shooters, even going back to like starters of years past. You had, you know, Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, you had the Jay Crowders even of the world who could shoot threes. But the bench unit has always been super shaky. Like last year you had Shemi Ojale as one of your main guys off the bench, right? You had Grant Williams, who was on the team still this year, but obviously Grant, who looks in, good this year improving. shooting threes, by the way. He exactly. deserves the praise exactly improving as a shooter you have had like tristan thompson off the bench instead of al horford or however they want to run that but they have so much depth uh in regard to three-point shooting this year i think right you you go if romeo is shooting like this you have him on top of richardson if he can like be a little more consistent uh he's a solid shooter neesmith's great pritchard's great Schroeder's great you have horford off the bench if he comes off the bench if not you still have him in the starting lineup you have Grant Williams, obviously. Juancho can shoot the three. I forgot he was even on the on the team. He didn't play much a second ago. Sam Hauser, even your two way guys, a three three point specialist. Yeah, he didn't. But when he came in, he brought the energy, and that, that's what you need from a guy like Juancho. Hauser did not. But I just think three point shooting is great. No, he he looked a little rough. Hauser did. He's not just a two way guy. For someone that we've been discussing and you know discussing potential impacts, he did not. He'll get, really he'll get some run in Maine. He'll get some run in Maine and maybe we can turn it around. But, Which but is yeah, great. I, I think it's nice that they have that this yeah. year. Mm-hmm. I, I think three-point shooting is going to be really, really, really good this year. I think they could be a top-10 team, top-5 team in three-point shooting. One thing I'll say about the threes, because I, I just think there's more to the game than that. Like we kind of discussed already, and you agree, it's dangerous. It is. That's the thing. It is dangerous. You're, there are days you're going to be cold. And the problem definitely is, despite what the numbers will tell you, you know, analytics, whatever you like, is there are going to be times where teams are going on runs against you. 
And if you continue to go down and shoot threes, it's not an easy way to snap a run. If those shots aren't falling, they're not going to fall for you that day. You have to get, as funny as it sounds, to the mid-range sometimes just to keep them guessing. It's still, it, that shot exists. You need to be able to utilize it. And elite players in the league can do it. <laughs> and obviously getting to the basket is important as well. But yeah, I, I don't like that that shot is dissolving because it's still important. Is it the worth the same amount as a layup? Yeah. But sometimes you need to take that shot so you're harder to defend. It's just as simple as that. Um, threes. Yeah, diversify. Pritchard, uh, going back to him, he's looked fantastic, and I think he's making a fantastic case for himself to have to find minutes somewhere. Because going in, you know, you've got a lot of guard depth, and it's tough to, you know, pin him in minutes, you know, prior to these games. But now he has been consistent, too, and he's made big shots. I mean, I still can't believe he took that three in the first game with, like, 30 (laughs) seconds left from the parking lot. Easy, and he made it, so. Good on Pritchard, man. Good on Neesman. I mean, all three of those young guys, Pritchard, Neesman, and Romy have looked good. Which is Grant too. Throw him in. And there. Grant. Grant deserves credit. He's looked fantastic. Um, sorry for the people that don't like him, but he's consistently knocking down threes. He's hustling. He had a block on somebody uh, the other day. He looks good, man. I he's I like precious, Grant. Right? He's got a he's good attitude. Precious. Yeah. Somebody. So you, we we talked a lot in the offseason because we have nothing to talk about. This season is going to hinge a lot on the performance of these guys. How well can they pro- provide depth for you on top of what you've already got? And so far, it's been good. Yeah, for sure. I said this in the first um, – after the first preseason game, I think Grant Williams is really turning a corner uh, in regard to what he said in the offseason. Like he said, I, I lost the weight. I'm ready to play the four. And he, he showed it. He showed it. He's looking like rookie year Grant Williams, which is something that a lot of Celtics fans seem to have forgotten about, right? They, they loved him so much his rookie season. And then turned on him so fast. He, he didn't even have an offseason. Like, Grant Williams did not have an offseason before he had to come in for year two, right? He went right from the bubble, had two months of, like, half-ass nothingness, went right into year two. Like, all those rookies did. Ro- Romeo not included. He was there before. But, like... It was so tough for the, that class to figure things out that quickly on the fly. And now that they've had a full offseason to finally define the role they have to be in, you can see the difference. You can see, like, the vast difference in how they're playing. Like, Grant Williams knew what he would have to do to get minutes this season. He went out, he lost the weight, he got quicker. Now he's making those sorts of plays. And he's borderline, I don't want to say elite, but he's a consistently, like, great three-point shooter every game. Like, you can count on him to make one or two threes a game now, I, I think, once the ball swung to him. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but for a role player playing around 18, 20 minutes, like, you shoot two of five, three of five from deep in a game, that, that's your your job done. Play some defense, yeah. and that, that's your job. I'm with you on that, too. I mean, just going back to when Grant, I mean, if we want to pin the weight as a measuring point for his performance, which I guess you could, you can see correlation, he was an elite shooter in that playoffs in the bubble. Okay, he shot 60% for most of it, and I, I think at some point it was higher. Every time he shot the ball, I thought it was going in, and he looks to be back at that level now, which is good for him, good for Grant. He's got a good attitude. He's a likable guy, and I think it's good that these guys are all playing well because it 
it makes for competition within the team, which is going to push the other guys, vets, to play better. And you need that in a in a good team. I think going into this season, they have potential to compete. They're not to be. I don't think you should write them off. I mean, I don't. I don't think they're going to beat the Nets or anything. But I think they can have a good season. I've said. I think it's possible for them to finish at the top of the conference record-wise. Maybe not, you know, run through the playoffs on everybody, but I, I don't think it's out of the question. I don't think it's out of the question that they make an okay playoff run, maybe get to the conference finals. I mean, I just think, besides Brooklyn, Milwaukee is obviously the favorite to be number two or number one. I mean, they won last year. They should get respect for that, but it is open. There's a lot of teams at the same level. I think Miami is the top of the Celtics uh, tier in the pyramid, if you will. But I think they can catch them. I mean, you've you've seen Miami play, Jack. I'm sure you think they look good. They look really good. Yeah, they look very good. And Tyler Hero uh, is doing the one thing that you are begging the Celtics to do right now. He's taking a lot of mid range shots and he's he's nailing them. He's doing everything he can. He's creating. Well, it makes shots. you Tyler Hero, makes you effective. It makes you harder to guard. Makes him really. He's Tyler Hero's playing incredibly well. And I know Celtics fans, especially you know Celtics fans listening to a Celtics podcast right now, don't want to hear about Tyler Hero, but. Tyler Hero looks like he, if he was on his own team, kind of like, not like Tatum is, but like if he was had to lead a team, I, I think he could be an all-star. Like I think team. if he was on his own team, he'd be Zach Levine. So, maybe, you know, he's not athletic, <laughs> hey, but you Zach know what Levine I mean? Like, was an all-star. He was an all-star, but I'm not Tyler sure it would translate to winning. Athletic. He's not Zach. I, I don't know if it would necessarily translate to winning, but I'm saying if he was on a team with as good supporting pieces as Tatum, I, he's not Tatum's level, but I, I think he could lead them to like an eight seed. I, I think he could get them to the play-in, and I think he'd be an all-star. He, he my, my point is, I'm beating around the bush. He's just playing really good basketball right now. He's shooting the ball really well. Uh, he looks confident, making pa- good passes. Um, the Heat just look like a good team. Kyle Lowry is their lowest, you know, the, he scored the least for them this season, and he still looks like one of the best players on the floor, and that's hard to do. So they'll, they'll be as tough out. Max Struess is incredible right now too which hurts Celtics fans a little bit but uh yeah they're playing I wonder I I wonder where the Celtics it's funny we're talking about that I'm bringing this up before the season even starts but where they should shoot to finish playoff seating wise who do you think you match up best against uh Milwaukee definitely not Brooklyn you you want to avoid them I and it sounds like you want to avoid Miami because they're uh more versatile than Milwaukee is I think ideally you finish top four and you hope that Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami are also in top four. So that way you can play one of the the Knicks, the Hawks, the Bulls, or the Sixers in round one. Um, and out of those teams, I'd want to play the Sixers the least because Ben Simmons is supposedly figuring out a way to get back into training camp right yeah. now. Which so, no one is surprised because he has no leverage because he's got four years on his deal. I don't know why. So much was made of him having any kind of leverage in that situation. If he doesn't want to play, then too bad you have four years before you're going to play again if you're not going to play for Philly ever again. Yeah, exactly. And I think ideally you play the Knicks in round one because as much as I don't think they're a bad team, I also think they're the worst team of the bottom tier playoff teams, if that makes sense. Past that, I'd probably rather play yeah. no, I agree. Atlanta, Philadelphia. like the, Those guys. And past that, I think you just roll with the punches. Maybe... I might rather play. It's so tough. I, I don't really want to play the the Heat because I I really I think wouldn't want to play Miami either. 
But then again, would I rather play Brooklyn or Milwaukee over them? Do you know what I'm saying? Because like, like in my See mind, it, goes, it doesn't make Milwaukee, sense. Because that's what I'm saying. In my season, mind, Milwaukee's the best matchup, but they just want to chip, so I don't know. Last season, the Celtics hand, it doesn't really mean anything. They were one Tice three away from sweeping the season series against them. It's a regular season. Playoffs happen and adjustments are made. And Still it's hard yeah. to guard Giannis in a playoff series, whatever you would like to bring up. But they they handled Milwaukee well in the regular season last year. Ideally, that's a matchup for them. Middleton's always going to play well against him, though. So there's that. But I'm excited. Yeah, I think. I, there, there are things to be concerned about with this team. They've played two teams that really shouldn't be playoff teams, and they haven't blown the door. I will say Toronto, I think they improved significantly. They were blowing the they doors off of them for a while. The second quarter did not end well. They allowed a lot of points in a short amount of time and let them take a halftime lead. But that's not something I'm completely sure happens in a regular season game. So I don't know how concerned we should be about that. The Orlando game was more concerning, but you can see they've built upon it, which is great. I told you about I told you about Ananobi though. He looks good. Ananobi looks Yeah, good. he does look really good. He looks not like the same guy that he has been, which hasn't right? been a horrible player, but he looks like someone that's going to impact when he looks competent on shots. offense. Is what he does. Exactly. He looks, yeah. Yeah. Which is it, I mean, I, I like it. I, I don't dislike OG Ananobi. I don't necessarily even dislike the Raptors. So And quickly going back to the Knicks, just because I I uh, give them a lot of <laughs> of a hard time. I'm not saying they're not going to be a playoff team. I just don't think they're. Yeah, yeah. In, in all honesty, the thing that pisses me off is when people say they're better than the Celtics, and I don't think that's true at all. I think they're I, I, a worse version of last year's Celtics team. Derrick Rose is a great piece off the bench, though. That makes them better in that aspect. But, I mean, they're the same backcourt as the Celtics with worse supporting pieces, and I don't think you can debate that on any level. It's just not true. I think they just have more depth than last year's Celtics does, which I'm not I'm not arguing that they're they they do have better depth, but the pieces around Kemba Walker yes. and Fournier are not nearly as good. Randall yeah, had a I fantastic season and no one should dispute that, but he's no Tatum. Hey, he, he might not even be Brown. An all NBA team. Technically made an all NBA team over Tatum, Yeah, I mean that means nothing. LeBron made it and he played five games, so very true. Also very true. Um, but yeah, that's what I took away from that Celtics Raptors game. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I want to see. Um, Schroeder didn't play. Brown didn't play. Hopefully they'll be back I mean, very soon. Toronto did not miss from three. I, I'm not even sure if that's it looked okay. Celtics defense or guys making tough shots. Van Vliet made a lot of threes where he was deep. I feel the like Raptors Toronto, didn't even shoot that well from three. It felt I mean, like it did. felt like they did. They it's started Van slow. Vliet, that's why. Yeah, Van Fleet shot six of eight. They ended up shooting like under 35%, but Van Fleet was hot. Um, their bench just shot really poorly. Like Malachi Flynn shot 0 of 6. Um, some of their starters, Precious and Scotty Barnes, both shot 0 of 3 and 0 for 4. Um, OG made his shots, but like Fred Van Fleet think, was just killing them. I think there were times in that game where I was frustrated with the defense. I still think they got to mm-hmm. figure out some other way to play defense. I don't like when there's a big guy on the guard to start the possession. It just makes it doesn't make sense. It makes it so yep. that guy's not in the paint to rebound. Not necessarily That's meaning that Tatum can't do it because he can grab rebounds himself. He's a big guy, but you need they need to figure that out. I switching everything is lazy, um, especially if they're not making if you're not making them earn the switch. If you're making them earn the switch, it's completely different. 
if you're switching on screens, it's fine because it's it's a tough decision to go over and get beat off the dribble or to go under and get beat with a shot. And in the, today's NBA, it's a real issue. But you cannot just give up switches because guys are crossing each other on cuts. If you're yeah. going to do that, play a zone. It's, yeah, they, they need to climb down on defense. I think the paint defense is the real thing. And um, the biggest thing for me is the bigs not being there to rebound the ball because you do see the Celtics get out-rebounded. I don't, I don't think they lost the rebound battle in this game. Um, yeah, they won it by four. But, but it, that goes back to switching. That magic game. And so does paint defense. If those guys aren't down there because they're guarding yeah. Fred Van Vliet, then of course the paint defense is going to be good. you got... Uh, geez, who starts with Celtics? I mean, Marcus is a good defender, but you've got small guys in there. Off the bench, you got yeah. Pritchard defending the paint because of a switch. No, it's not right. They no need sense. to. I I trust. I I mean, just looking between the two games, it was night and day. I think in performance, even though they both went to the wire, even though they didn't blow out the other team in starter minutes or you know regular rotation minutes. That Toronto game, they did blow them out. And I think they need to work on keeping their foot on the gas. I think that was an issue. But I'm not – to me, when I was watching that game, there was not a lot that I was noticing just by watching it that they were doing wrong when Toronto came back. I just think they got hot, which is going to happen. And I could be completely wrong if you're listening to this and you disagree. You might be right. <laughs> yeah, I think it was – for me, it was almost as simple as the worst players were in and they weren't hitting shots. Like you say, Sam Hauser was cold. The rest of the bench, just, I mean, there were, there were points where they weren't cold too, and Toronto was not cold at all. But not and, in the second quarter. In the At the end of the game, you're absolutely right. That game oh, had no oh, business yeah, yeah, being yeah. that close. But they came back. The Celtics were like up almost 20 in that second quarter, and they went in the halftime down. Was that the quarter where Tatum started chucking? Because that was an issue too. He just was. It might have been. Oh, the sh- Tatum was just missing a lot, and I don't think that'll be a consistent thing, but they were trying to get him hot. He was missing threes. He was missing mid-range shots. He eventually got that put back, a little floater thing, which I think helped him get in the rhythm, but he looked off for the whole game, too. I think he um, needs a haircut. At times. <laughs> Maybe he does. Maybe he does go back to rookie or Tatum, but uh, yeah, I, I like what I'm seeing from the rest of the role players, especially, so that that's impressive to me. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to bring up from the preseason game before we move on here? No, I, I think uh, it'll be exciting to watch Wednesday, uh, see if, you know, it goes similar against Orlando. I think Orlando played up in that first game. I don't think they're that good. I mean, Mo Bamba looked like prime KG out there, so I think that was a bit ridiculous. And even though I guess he played well in the next game, too, because I saw people talking he, about He it. did. He, yeah. he got like 15, 10, and 5 blocks, which is it's really good. Uh, impressive from Bamba, who I still like. I think he'll be okay, but... You sent me an article before we started here. Yeah, I was at work today about it a bit. looking at this, and I was seething at my seat looking at all these teams. Uh, so the article that you know we're referencing is an ESPN premium article, so you are getting the insider uh, scoop on, on this podcast. <laughs> ESPN is garbage. But ESPN Plus, with your subscription, you get to see certain articles. This one ranks NBA teams amongst... Power rankings within the next three seasons. So really, how great ESPN thinks their future is going to be. And I will the Celtics, say, it's a little clickbaity. That's a little clickbait. When you say future, I'm thinking like next 10 years or some shit. But that's what it They're is, talking, three years. That's what it says, right? It, it does. But I'm saying when I read the title, I'm expecting future. I'm expecting like the best young teams. 
and it's just telling us who's the best team right it. now, realistically. It, I, yeah, I know, you're right know, about that. I know. But like it when I click, kind of right like, now. Anyways, um, regardless, you can continue with what you're saying. And the Celtics are ranked like horrifically low, much lower than they should be. And I was upset, so I sent it to Jack. I told him it was ridiculous, and you know there are some teams ranked ahead and that should not be. Yeah, it's definitely a little odd. Um, Nets number one, that makes sense to me. I, I don't know about you. All their best players uh, are under contract fine. for the Bucks window that two. ESPN uses. Same with the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Bucks two. Uh, Lakers three. That also makes sense to me. I know you don't think they'll be as good as on paper, but like I don't think they're gonna last. I think that I think they missed their window to win a second one. I know other people think they're going to be really good this year. I'm, I mean, Westbrook's been horrible so far in the preseason. It's preseason. Yeah. You can only take it with a grain of salt, but he hasn't looked LeBron good. LeBron was at a football game. <laughs> he was at a football game last night. For the yeah. Game. Well, I mean, well, that if he's on the Celtics, that's not okay. But <laughs> and they, he should be there. And that's simple. I, I don't care if it's he, a preseason. He was at the game. It was just the meme that LeBron plays in five hours and he's at a game right now. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't know he was also at the game. Okay. Yeah. You made it sound like he skipped the game. No, no, no. Football. I'm. I don't actually know, but I can't imagine he missed a preseason. Well, if he if he did, then that's questionable. Yeah. Anyways, um, Nuggets are four, which I agree with. I I can see it. They had the MVP this year. Jamal Murray will be back, and they'll be in contention. Porter Jr. Uh, Heat are five. I don't know about the Heat. I think the Heat have another small window. I think they have... So the Heat are set up to transition between stars, if that makes sense. So, you know, as Butler and Lowry yeah. age, Hero, Robinson, and Bam will all improve. But Robinson's I'm not so sure. older, though, low-key. Yeah. Who is? Yeah. Robinson's 27. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's old. 27. But, I mean, Anyways, he's a shooter, I, I get so he's going to be fine continue, forever. Continue. I mean, yeah, yeah. that doesn't really disappear with age. They're locked up but for the whole window, though, the three years. They're locked up. They're going to be paying Lowry and Butler a lot of money. So yes. I, I'm not sure how long their window is yeah. going to last. That's fair. I, I think it's it's not unreasonable that they would be above the Celtics, though. It, it's it's fair, at least. I don't it, know it's about not, that one. It's not the most ridiculous one on the list. We'll put it that way. It's not. It was not okay. one of the ones I was particularly upset about. but mm-hmm. Number six, Phoenix Suns. Um, Phoenix is very. They were in the finals. They were in the finals, so you kind of you have to let it slide. But I, I'm not sure about that one either. Yep. Uh, seven is the Warriors. That one's mm-hmm. fine. Similar to Miami, they're set up that? to transition between, you know, their power. So as Curry and Thompson age, their younger guys are going to get better. I believe Jordan Poole's looked really good in this preseason as well. So. He has. He's looked incredible. Um, the Jazz are eight, and I, I this really this is the first one where I disagree with ESP. Well, I might disagree on the other ones, but I, this is the first one I really think it's egregious. Yes, the Celtics had a down year last year, but before that, everyone was crowning them kings. I mean, dude, Utah was just the first team in the conference they lost out to a Kawhi-less Clippers. How yeah, good are they going to be? As far as I'm young talent, what do they have besides Mitchell? Nothing. Gobert is elite in his role, and I don't dispute that. But I don't think – I mean, you need more than him. Yeah. 
And I'm not so sure how long Mitchell's going to be there. He's been tweeting quite a bit about New England sports. (laughs) And that's a half joke, but I mean, that has been something that has been discussed for a very long time. Now, all of a sudden, he's in on the Patriots, who are horrible. I think Utah's good. I think I pegged them as the five seed this upcoming season. Realistically, they'll probably be higher. They'll probably be a top three seed or something because they're a good regular season team. I don't buy them as a playoff team. I don't think they're going to win a championship in the next three to five seasons. I just they're don't certainly they're not gonna... better than the Celtics. No, they're not on it's paper. True. On paper this year, I think they'll be a better team than the Celtics. Or like a regular, they might be this wise. year, but it's over this window. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the Celtics. They definitely are coming into the season on a higher note than the Celtics are, which is fair. I mean, Celtics had a down year last year, and a lot of people yep. pin this as a bridge year, which it definitely is but it's not your typical bridge year like they're still supposed to compete mm-hmm. next one is the clippers this uh, one i have nine. a problem with i don't Kawhi. have as much of a problem with it because Kawhi's locked up but this it does Kawhi's hurt locked them up that but he's coming off not gonna play this acl year. yeah yeah i think it's acl or achilles or something he's coming off an acl paul george looked better last year that is fair but besides that they don't have much else it's a problem Yeah, they do have a decent amount of okay young players. Uh, they don't have any picks, though. It's just, it, it's weird to see them above the Celtics. I will say, though, they're probably going to be better for this year, and maybe it'll be closer next year. I don't year. know about this it, year. It's just tough. Kawhi's not playing. Yeah, okay, you're right, you're right. Uh, once Kawhi gets back, though, I don't think there's a very good argument that the Celtics are a better team. And, and this is barring they well, land. that depends you know, how well they play this season. Yeah, I think this season is a big measuring stick for how well they're going to be. Because now you've got Tatum and Brown as the solidified stars on this team. How well are they going to be able to, you know, carry this team? How well is it going to go? Are they going to have problems? I don't think so. I think we've seen them throughout many playoff runs so far be the guys and lead them. Mm -hmm. Yep. Ten is the Sixers, which I know you're not going to like either. I well, to be fair, when I read this, Simmons was not that news had not come out yet. Yeah, yeah. He is locked up, and Beat is locked up. Fine. However, they have never outdone the Celtics. They just haven't. It's not they. They can't beat the Celtics. They have made it further in the playoffs once in the Celtics in these last, however many seasons, since Tatum's been on the team, and that was last year. It's just, I mean, Harris is locked up, and that's not the best contract. He's not a bad player by any means, but he's not that much money. You know, like, he's, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line. And you he's have to on pay the, players like that is the issue. You have that's to. the problem, and you're paying him. Mm, exactly. Usually that's it, a player like, that gets paid by, like or like a New Orleans or somebody that desperately needs to pay somebody to be on their team. Exactly. It, it I compare it to the Drew Holiday contract where at base level it's like, what are you doing? And then they go and win a championship. You're like, all right, fair enough. You want a chip, it's worth it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? The Sixers haven't done that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Eleven is the Hawks. I don't see as much of a problem with this. I know you don't like it I because I kind of disagree. Better, but I understand but it because it. of the run they just went on. Yeah, you can see it. For and sure, they have Trae a lot Young, of young guys on that team. So, 
whatever. It, and fair. they have a superstar, which is something. Yeah, some some of these other teams don't have the suit. They have a superstar, I think, who will only get better, uh, and that's the big thing. Out only of the ones better. I had issue with, that one I had the least. That one's fine. Yeah, twelve is the next, which even I think is that's ridiculous. ridiculous. That is absolutely like ridiculous. The Knicks one are not better than them this year. They are not set up to be better than them in future years. It, I don't understand that at all. It's like insulting. Yeah, I, I don't get it. That doesn't make sense. Thirteen is we don't even have to talk about it. Thirteen is the Mavericks. Mavericks. I, I kind of under, I get it because Luca's a generational talent. Luca's and he's great. better than Tatum, and he's set up to be better than Tatum. So that's fine. And the ownership's great. And I mean they're they're a fine team. Then the Celtics mm-hmm. are at fourteen. They are at fourteen. I I can read you the description they write for the for the readers or sorry the listeners and so we can discuss it uh, it was a busy offseason in boston brad stevens moved upstairs to replace danny Ainge as president of the team stevens then traded kemba walker plus a first round pick to bring back al horford and hired ime udoka ime udoka sorry to replace him as coach after all that plus trading for josh richardson and signing dennis schroeder on a cut rate one-year deal Boston still finds itself right where it was in the spring, 14th in these rankings, with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and a whole bunch of questions surrounding both of them moving forward. What questions? What questions are there? I understand forward? the questions. And do you know who wrote this too? Do you know who wrote this? Tim Bontemps. Tim Bontemps. Who, who hates his, like, he just hates the team he covers, right? Like, he, like what is, I don't get it. Continue. The problem with what he said is, yes, there are questions, but for this year only. What are the but the how way he well phrased Schroeder it makes it sound play. like how well are these young guys going to develop, which so far has been fine. Uh, is Horford washed? Is he too old? No, like, no, no, are... no. He's saying the questions are about Tatum and Brown, a whole bunch of questions surrounding both of them. Surrounding them. I, I take that as the supporting cast. I take that as there's questions surrounding the two players. Well, if that's, if that's what he's getting at, he's wrong. I don't it think will... there's that is the most solid thing on this team. If you have questions about all these other things I just mentioned, fine. Because it's true. I mean, they have guys on this team that are not proven. However, so far, those guys have looked fine. The the ex the the role players have looked really good so far. So I don't understand that. Second, money is one of the things they rank, and the Celtics have money if they want it. If they decide they're going to get Beal, they can do it. They can trade away Horford. They can trade away Richardson. The money matches. And, I mean, if Beal's going to leave, the Wizards will take whatever. Yeah. So they are in a position to well. land somebody if they, if they want. If they think it's the right thing, mm-hmm. they have the leverage to do that. The way I interpret it as he's questioning either the fit of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown which is just a dry, old, like, terrible take, in my opinion. I don't know why people and still talk about that. What are you- I don't either. Or he's questioning whether or not one of them will want to leave because, like, the other one. I- I've never understood the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum don't get together, one of them needs to go narrative, right? From Jeff yeah, Goodman I don't get last year, who, you know, I-, I-, I respect your opinion. You can have your own opinion. I just, I don't understand it, right? Like, you can think whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. It just doesn't make sense to me. They're, like, what has shown you outside of last year, which was a COVID-riddled, injury-riddled mess of a season with dealing with Kemba Walker and, like, off-court issues where you could argue that they struggled because they both tried to go in isolation. What has shown you that they can't coexist, right? Like, it doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, I agree. 
I I don't I just don't understand that. They have had more success than probably ninety percent of the league since they've been playing together. Yep. They have no like noted issues. Like I don't know where that comes from. I don't understand why everyone pushes that. I don't get it. And okay, so say say it does happen and it blows up and they don't want to play together. There's still two like good young players. Like you're going to get something for whoever you decide to part with. It's not like you're gonna exactly like get nothing. It's not mm-hmm. like they're both under contract. Yeah, I don't understand I that. You have plenty of wiggle room with how you could restructure your team if that happened. Yeah, there there's plenty of options for them. We we can roll through the rest of this look, list quick before we wrap up. The Raptors are 15. I don't really get why they're that, they're that high. I think the reason is um, they, they rank players, management, money, market, and draft here, and they like compile that into one score, and they're two in management, which makes sense. Masai Ujiri is really good, so uh, it probably can, propels them up the ranks a little bit. The Grizzlies at 16 feels a bit low, but then I remember how much talent there is around the league, and I kind of get it. Um, it, it's going to be tough for them to break out as a deep playoff team in the next three years. I think there'll be one eventually, but it, it'll be tough. Pacers at 17 feels a bit high. I, I don't, I don't get that. I don't think I don't be get very it either. Good. I think they're screwed. They should be yeah. like 30. Yeah, yeah. Blazers are 18. Um, I get that's, that's around fair. where I put them. Yeah, that's that seems about right. The Bulls at 19 feels okay, maybe a bit low, fair. but again, I don't really know who I'd put them over. Um, I like the Bulls this year. I think they'll be fun to watch. I think they'll be decent. Hornets at 20 makes sense. Um, they'll be on the rise. They do have money, as it says here. The mellow, obviously, that's going to have you high on the list anyways. Uh, Pelicans at 21 is kind of sad, but it makes sense. You I'm surprised I'm they didn't put them higher, not because I think they're set up to be better, but just because of, I mean, dudes love Zion. So I am surprised that they are behind Really, everybody after Memphis, I'm surprised they're not above them via ESPN, just the way ESPN works. You think people should be above Memphis? No, no, no. I don't think they should be, but I'm surprised that the way ESPN operates, they are not that high. They should be above Indiana. They should definitely. Indiana should be at the bottom. Like the the Pacers are not in a good position at all. Like they are screwed. They have all these guys that are mediocre in the best way. I mean, they're solid players on that team, but as a collective unit, they don't have anybody above their level, even Sabonis. Like, Sabonis is fine, but he's really, like, if you're putting a championship team together, maybe the third guy, maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not going to get anywhere with that team, and they're all just getting older. So I, I don't get I it. I no idea why they're that high on the list. I agree. Spurs at 22 also seems a little wacky. Spurs are um, also near the bottom. I mean, they're they being have... propelled by money in their draft capital, which may, I guess makes okay. sense. I still don't think it's it's great. The Thunder at 23 for the next three years seems a bit absurd, but again, money well, and draft capital, they're number one in both Technically, series, they don't so. have anything yet, right? They haven't picked any, but well, they yeah. have any now, but they really haven't made any of those picks yet so if you're doing a three-year window it makes sense but yeah yeah all right wizards at 24 yeah yeah i don't know wizards are yeah yeah i mean that's probably where it should be timberwolves at 25 though yet timberwolves timberwolves could go either way 
they can sky Edwards, if they do the right if he's moves. really good i mean the timberwolves should have been good for like some years now though like they've had they solid players yeah 100 percent uh 26 is the kings i think that's a bit disrespectful i'd like the kings to make the playoffs in the next few seasons but maybe that's just me being optimistic because i like the fox uh rockets at 27 yeah that makes sense magic 29 Cavs 30 that's tough for the Cavs. who's 28 i mean uh what are, pistons pistons oh, are 28 and yeah magic then Cavs. i mean it, it makes sense it's tough for the Cavs to be 15th still after all these years, but I, I have no argument against it. So that's just ugly. But uh, that's all I got for today. Uh, unless there's anything else you wanted to bring up before we wrap re- up. top of my head, no. I don't have anything. I'm really tired. <laughs> so just I'm not going to give you the. Yeah, I've been up since fucking three. So it's an issue. Brutal. Sox tonight, though. Shout out the Red Sox. Incredible yep. game last been night. Been a lot of fun to watch. Watched. Oh, yeah. You watched the whole game last night? Oh, I didn't watch so the good. whole thing because I had basketball in the middle of it, but I yeah, saw, the saw the ending. first five innings and then the end of the game. Yeah. Amazing. Christian Vasquez, shout out, legend. Uh, hopefully they can close it out tonight. It's incredible to watch. So uh, go Sox, go Celtics moving forward. Uh, you guys can follow us at Bannertown USA on Twitter. You can follow me at Jack Simone on Twitter. Thank you guys for listening to From the Rafters. And yeah, go ahead, Sam. Yeah, make sure you follow Bannertown, follow Jack. Uh, make sure you watch the pregames on Guy Boston. They're a lot of fun. We have people come in the chat, ask us questions, talk, whatever. It's a lot of fun to interact with people live on the pregames. Uh, Kim and uh, Kim, Tim and KJ join us. Uh, it's three of me, Jack, and those two. Uh, always a good bunch. Make sure you check it out. Again, very fun to do. Uh, yeah. You can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's our show for today. Bye.